Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. In this week's episode, I've got a special guest in the studio. My homie Joe and I are going to discuss this week's news. And Yeezy season is upon us, so we're going to discuss Kanye West's past albums. You don't want to miss this episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. up listeners welcome to another episode of thinking outside the boombox my name is Ahmad and I am your host episode 20 this is an exciting episode we're gonna have a special guest in the studio my homie my cousin Joe is going to join me um for the press play segment and the final segment the dig deeper segment and we're going to discuss Kanye West the musician But first, let me jump right into the first segment, This Day in Hip-Hop and R&B. So for This Day in Hip-Hop and R&B, we're going to be looking at January 13th. Um, It was a bit dull today, but there were two very important things that happened on this day. So let's just get started. On this day in 1979, Donny Hathaway died. Now, Donny Hathaway was a soul singer. You know, he was best known for his collaborative album with his classmate and friend, Roberta Flack. Um, And that album was called Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway. You know, makes sense. Um, You know, they won a Grammy for their duet, Where Is The Love, from that album. Um, and you know, he was just a dope soul singer and he was, you know, definitely gone too soon. Um, one of his most popular appearances was his duet with Roberta Flack. This wasn't on their collaborative album. This was on Roberta Flack's album, but all of you all should have heard this song. And this is The Closer I Get to You. Classic, classic song. 
Um, that song has been covered by many people, most notably Luther Vandross and Beyonce um, did a duet of it, and they killed it. But yeah, you know, Donny Hathaway was a great voice. Um, if you're going to check out anything, I think you should check out his collaboration with Roberta Flack called Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway. And you should also check out his live album, which is called Live. Um, I'll put all of that in the description. You can find it all on Apple Music and probably Spotify. Um, on this day in 2010, we lost another great R&B singer. And that was Teddy Pendergrass. You know, Teddy Pendergrass was a legend. Um, he was the first black male singer to land four consecutive platinum albums. Um, and, you know, a lot of people don't know, and I actually didn't know this until I did some research on him um, for this, but Teddy Pendergrass got in an accident that left him paralyzed from the chest down which is crazy, and, you know, he still ended up living for, I think, like, 28 or so years after that, so, you know, that's, that's crazy, um, but, you know, he continued to sing, and he continued to bless us with the hits, um, he was nominated for five Grammys, and he gave us hits like Turn Off the Lights, Close the door, only you. He had a duet with Whitney Houston called Hold Me, Joy. You know, the hits just keep on coming. So, you know, I urge you to look up Teddy Pendergrass, listen to his music. If you, if you really appreciate soulful music, music about love, you know, music that'll get you going, you know, Teddy Pendergrass had that. So check him out. Rest in power to both Donny Hathaway and Teddy Pendergrass. Gone too soon. Um, finally, on this day in 2010, Beyonce and Jay-Z were named Hollywood's top earning couple at $122 million between the two of them. Um, and I'm positive that they are probably slaying those numbers now because that was before... Beyonce released Beyonce, that was before Jay released, you know, Magna Carta, um, before the Samsung deal, so, yeah, they're probably, they probably smashed that record, but, shout out to the power couple still winning. Um, so now we're gonna jump into the Billboard 200, where I tell you which albums in hip-hop and R&B were number one on the Billboard 200 charts on this day. So we're going to start off with 1984, Thriller by Michael Jackson, still at number one. 1985, now Purple Rain had been the album at number one for multiple weeks, but after 24 consecutive weeks at number one, it was knocked off to number two by Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. So it had a great run, 24 weeks in a row at number one, but Purple Rain is no longer at number one. 1989, Giving You the Best That I Got by Anita Baker, still at number one. 1991, To the Extreme by Vanilla Ice, still at number one. 1993, The Bodyguard by Whitney Houston, 
still at number one. 1994, now this was interesting. Um, two weeks ago, this album was at number one. It was Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg. Um, this was at number one on the charts. Then last week, Music Box by Mariah Carey was at number one. Now this week, Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg is once again at number one. Mariah Carey came in hot with a bunch of sales to outsell Snoop Dogg, but then Snoop Dogg kept on selling, and he's back at number one, um, 1994. 1996, Daydream by Mariah Carey is still at number one. 1999, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood by DMX, still at number one. 2000, we've got Volume 3, Life and Times of S. Carter. Now, I know you all are saying to yourself, like, man, Jay-Z is always on this list, and that's because he is the king of number one records. Every album he's put out has, you know, been at number one. So, you're going to keep seeing more of them. Um, But Volume 3, Life and Times of S. Carter, was a great Jay album, lyrically. Um, You know, street through and through, he gave you those hard-hitting, you know, gritty records. And um, this is the album that Big Pimpin' was on, so you definitely should check that out. You know what it is. Link is in the description. Check out this great Jay-Z album. 2003, 8 Mile Soundtrack is still at number one. 2004, Speaker Box, The Love Below by Outkast is still at number one. 2005, Encore by Eminem is still at number one. 2006, we have a new entry, Unpredictable by Jamie Foxx, number one. Now, I've got beef with Jamie Foxx. Um, some of you that know me might know this. The rest of you, I will do this. I will talk about this on the podcast at some point. It won't be today. But, you know, I've been preparing a blog post and a think piece about Jamie Foxx and his career and how it could have been better. Um, and once I complete that post... I'm going to do an episode about it on the podcast. Um, But, you know, let's just say that Jamie Foxx has a lot, had a lot of potential, has a lot of talent, and I don't think that he's done the best with his career as he could have. But anyway, Unpredictable was his second album, Um, although a lot of people think it's his first. He came out with an album called Peep This and like... I want to say 1994, and then 11 years later, he dropped Unpredictable, um, which was, you know, it's a good album, you know, Jamie Foxx has a great voice, and, um, you know, he really did a good job of introducing that voice to the people, you know, to, well, to the current people at the time, um, but, you know, he could have done better. But Unpredictable is a great album. You definitely should check it out. Um, Do What It Do is on that album. Can I Take You Home? Wish You Were Here, which is probably easily in my top 15 list of favorite songs ever. Wish You Were Here by Jamie Foxx. Um, It's a classic. Man, that song gets me every time. That, That, between that and heaven those two might be you know jamie fox's best songs on the same album like this is this is jamie fox's best album easily um sad to say 
that you know the quality of his albums decreases the more he came out with after Unpredictable. But definitely gonna get to that in another podcast. You know what? February, February, it's coming. We're gonna talk about Jamie Foxx, but Unpredictable is a great album. And on this day in 2006, it was at number one. Listen to it. I'll put it in the description. 2007, 21 by Omarion. You know, the album that had, you know, Icebox. You know, Icebox where your heart used to be, you know. Omarion was winning back then. 2012, 21 by Adele. Clearly a more successful album by the name of 21. Sorry, Omarion. Um, We all know what 21 did. Destroyed the charts. Um, Is still on the Billboard 200 list (laughs) four years later. So, you know, Adele was killing it was uh we will probably be at number one for I don't know at least three months, so you can expect to two thousand twelve not to change for the future podcasts um but that is all for this week's billboard two hundred and this week's this day in hip hop and r and b segment after a short break. I'll be right back with Joe, and we're going to get into the Press Play segment. What is up, people? Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. Um, I've got a special guest in the building. Uh, my homie Joe is here. Introduce what yourself, up, bro. What up, what up listeners? Uh, my name is Joe, Joe Gogans. Um, basically, just a young guy in college looking up to my cousin right here, uh, trying yeah. to make it through. You already know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, I listen to his podcast all the time, and uh, I just love music. I listen to it everywhere I go. If you know me, I listen to music 24-7. So, hey, I love this podcast, you know, and I love my music. So let's get into these topics, hey, man. Hey, let's do it. Simple as that. <laughs> um, every guest that has been on the show, which has been one so far, shout out to Karen. Um, <laughs> I got to ask them their top five, you know, top oh. five um in hip hop, in hip hop, we'll stick with hip hop. Top five hip hop artists who you got? They don't have to be in order. Whew, no order needed. Uh, <laughs> so, for this one, I have to really look at who do I listen to the most and okay. who I can listen to at any time. Okay. Okay. Uh, by me bo- being born in the mid slash early nineties. Uh, I have to kick this off with uh, one of my first favorite artists, which is Biggie. No, I cannot relate to half of what he's saying, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, Biggie, uh, notorious B.I.G., whatever you want to call him, he he just had it. You know, he just spit when he spit. He gave just straight bars every time. I don't think he can rap about everything. I think he he stick within his uh, within his box of talking about you know Robins, <laughs> right, uh, right. the women, uh, just rapping. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to say the stereotypical, but kind of the stereotypical rap. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was New uh, York you, through and through. Yeah, know? definitely, definitely Brooklyn. Um, I also got to go with uh, the second one. I'm just, and that is of course Tupac. Hey. This is no order, please. I don't want to hear. Anything. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> yeah, we don't even want to. I don't want to hear anybody saying, "Yo, he put Biggie over yeah, Pac." It's not. It's not, <laughs> it's not anything like that. I nah, think nah. Uh, for Tupac, for me to really appreciate him, I had to get a little bit older to appreciate uh, Tupac a full circle. You know, that's one artist that. 
one of the best who can rap about anything. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Poetry, rap, uh, just lyricists, anything. You know, he'll tear you down. Ooh. He'll pick you up. Ooh, we ain't know. even got to talk about hit him up. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Hey, then he'll get you fired up. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> so, right. <laughs> but yeah, he'll he'll just he'll take you straight to the core. You know, and uh, that's one person that uh, not everything, but I can relate to a few things of what he talked about in there. Or uh, you know, seeing people in high school as you get mm-hmm. older, you can relate a little bit more. Tupac is the man, man. That's my number. That's one. the dude. That's my I, number one favorite artist, man. That had to. I think I just came to terms with him being. You know, my top five within the last, like, year and a half. Yeah, and that's that's the thing about top fives, um, is they can always change. Like, I was stuck in this thing where I was like, man, a top five is, I don't even know if I like this artist as much anymore, but that's the thing. Like, yeah. top five, they're your personal top five. They don't have to be the same as anybody else's. You can have somebody in your top five that somebody else doesn't have because what you may have gotten and experience from their music is different than what somebody else got. That's why it's your top five. And it's very fluid. So you got Biggie, you got Pac, who's in, who's three? Who's Man. Who you got? So I had to, wow. So the next two, like really, if you know me, these two are really easy. Because I talk about these artists and listen to these artists all the time, literally. Uh, but I'm going to kick it off with uh, Kendrick. Hey. That's, that's my guy right there, man. Just... Uh, not only what he does in the booth, but what he does in the community. Mm-hmm. I take that to heart. Uh, one person that uh, I feel like I can relate to as well is this, uh, especially like Good Kid, Mad City. Mm-hmm. It's crazy out in these streets, man. You know, so, it really is. <laughs> hey, and uh, to for him to rap like how he did from the standpoint of being inside of uh, everything that's going around him and dealing with different types of uh, situations in his life, man, that thing... That album is just forever great, but mm-hmm. to pimp a butterfly is nothing to sleep on, man. Ooh. Y'all gotta open up, <laughs> like listen. For real, that stuff is deep, man. and I just like what he's doing. Um, I just like what he talks about, and uh, I think in one of his songs he said it's too easy to rap about, you know, the women, the money, mm-hmm. and I think it's a cop out too. I think every artist can do that, but when you start rapping about things that can change lives, mm-hmm. uh, him bringing together the gangs and stuff, trying to be neutral. Yeah, with his Reebok shoes. Man, I want the... Hey, if you a real listener, you should buy me an Ahmad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hit us up with that. If you don't know about those, the Reebok... Kendrick got a collaboration with Reebok where he got his own shoe. And one of the shoes, it says red on the back, and it's got red, like, lettering. It's got red on the inside. Mm -hmm. And then the other one says blue. It's got blue on the inside, blue lettering to represent the Crips and the Bloods. And then I believe on the tongue, it says neutral. Man. So, you know, Kendrick's just trying to unify out here. He's trying to, you know, stop the violence and get everything. And he's just, he knows what he's doing. He's got a message and he's got an agenda and he's doing whatever he can to help the community. And he's dope. He's in my top five as well. Yeah, uh, he's cold. And I feel like he is what um, a lot of people, when I just talk to younger cats, like in high school, they really don't Mm -hmm. know what he's talking about. And they, you know, they say who their favorite artist is. And I don't judge them, but... You know, you it's one of those people, once you get older, you see the world a little bit clearer, you, and you really got that ear to listen to what you're looking for. That's, mm-hmm. he, he's talking about some real stuff. Absolutely. And then um, number four is uh, <laughs> is J. Cole. Man. I, I okay. just, I can't, I okay. can't. It's the same thing. What he's doing in the community, what he's talking about. Like, uh, I can really 
really re- relate to what he's talking about, just uh, especially early on. He was talking about being in relationships, you know, who had a girl that was down for him for the mm-hmm. longest and uh, doing different things and uh, talk, just everything, man. That man can spit, you Ooh, know, what he does in the Yeah, bars. Uh, and, and he's one of the most relatable, I think, artists in the game. Man, like, is he? Like, he raps about stuff that's for the people. It reminds me a lot of Kanye in that way. Like, well, at least Kanye, you know, pre, you know, Yeezus and all of that. But, you know, like, he he raps for the people. You know, he's speaking about experiences that everybody has gone through. Like, you connect with his music because you can relate to what he's talking about. And, yeah, Cole is is a beast. He's always going to be one of my favorites. Yeah, that, that dude, he... It was hard for me not to put him in. Once again, I listen to him all the time. Him and Kendrick were like the easy two. Uh, and then my last one, of course, number five is the hardest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was between a lot of people that I just started listening to, which was crazy for me. Um, and I'll mention honorable mentions if they have time. But I think number five, I got to have somebody from Chicago, and that was Kanye. That hey. is Kanye. Hey. Uh and just like J. Cole, I mean, J. Cole not on his level in terms of the producing, even though he can produce. Oh, really yeah, well. he, he's getting there. Cole, is, yeah. he's got his weight up production-wise. But uh, Kanye, when he started out production-wise and going to the rap, people sleeping on him, and just what he does, he, he made me open my eyes up to, like, this is not just rap. This is not hip-hop. This is art, mm-hmm. you know, and being younger, you know, it really just, I knew it was art, I knew it was poetry, and stuff like that, but the way he brought it together, and <laughs> he just thinks outside of the box, and sometimes people fault him for that, but, you know, you have to try, and and that's what, uh, that's what Amon was talking about when he was talking about Kid Cudi, I mean, you don't want artists to come um, with the same thing, you want them to, to test the waters and think outside mm-hmm. the box, so... Uh, he constantly does it, you know, and he pushes himself to be yep. great because he knows he's great, mm-hmm. but he keeps going. And I just, man, Kanye, that's the dude right there. He really doesn't do much for the community that I know of. Yeah, you know, he can, <laughs> he can do a little bit more. Like, right, like you know, I ain't going to stunt. <laughs> like, you know, yay. Like, I know you got Donda and he's talked about doing all this, but, you know, I've heard a lot of talk. And, you know, I haven't seen a lot of action, you know, like yeah. whether, you know. What's up? What's right. up, yeah? You know, like, I'm not, you know, I don't live far from where you grew up, so I mean, I really exactly, and I know he had to go to New York to really be big, you know. So, mm-hmm. but I really, you know, you know where home is, all right? Right. All and now, now you just all the way out in L.A. You forgot right. about you the Chicago really just, Cats, man. Just went all the way on the other side. Right. So, but I, I think it's it's cool. Though. I mean, he he does he does support you know the Chicago artists definitely, definitely. like uh, definitely. Jesus. He had what's his name King, King Louis, Louis on the uh, album. So uh, Sosa <laughs> Chief Keith. Chief Keith. <laughs> he, said Sosa. Uh, he had uh, he had a, a good range of people, and you know he supports yeah. everybody else. You yeah, know? and uh, from a distance, not it doesn't always have to be um, hands on. Yeah, yeah, and even uh, uh, Young Chop with his uh, yeah don't yeah like with Don't Like and uh, all of that yeah. remix. So yeah, he he supports us, you know. Um, not us, but you know, but well, yeah, <laughs> the Chicago. You, he still Chicago. thinks about us, period. But, yeah. Uh, my honorable mention is this real fast was Nas. Mm. Another guy had to really just get mm. up, like, hold on, like you have to grow up, Joe. 
Like, listen. Yeah, man. Nas is like, man. It's like, man, I was not ready for Nas when I first heard him. But now, looking back, it's just like, yo, you was was out there talking. You was talking to talk. Man, when I'm telling you, probably like this last semester in school, I was like, yo, Nas everything. Like, (laughs) Nas Mm -hmm. is like. But uh, also, Jay-Z. Jay-Z is the number one artist. And uh, my play sister used to tell me, her and her dad used to say, Jay-Z is the best rapper ever. And I used to grow up, I used to always saying that. And I'm like, what? No way, it's Lil Wayne. What are you talking about? You know, it's 50 Cent, you know? And then, uh, man, like, uh, another person, I swear it sounds like I should be in New York, be from New York, but with all these artists. But uh, just Jay-Z is just cold, man. Mm-hmm. That dude... Is code a legend? All these people that I name are gonna be legends. Honestly, we're living in history. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, man. Uh, so uh, those are my like honorable mentions that I really had a tough time, and I'm probably forgetting somebody. But those yeah. are those are the top ones right now. Like in my iPod, iPhone, Apple Music, those are the people that constantly come up. Like, and I'm like, all right, I wasn't planning on listening, but I'm about <laughs> to listen to it. You know, so man. yeah, and I mean. Artists, they'll they'll come and go throughout your top five. Like right. my top five, if you all remember from the first episode, was Pac, Outkast, Jay Z, Kanye, and Kendrick. But you know, J Cole, you know, was on the outskirts, and you know, every now and then he floats in there. Really, I've got you know a top seven that they just kind of interchange right. within the top five. So definitely understandable. Right? Yeah, so you know it's fluid, but I, I respect that list. That's what's up. That's okay. what's up. Um, so we're gonna jump right into the press play segment um, right, where we right. discuss, you know, news and hip hop and R and B and you know new releases stuff like that. Uh, so I want to talk first about J Cole's HBO special. So this past Saturday, um, J Cole's Forest Hills Drive Homecoming documentary had its final episode on HBO um, where basically so Cole's been doing you know there were five episodes the first four he released um, they were like 30 minute Mm -hmm. videos he released them online um, and they just kind of detailed his experiences from right before he dropped Forest Hills Drive all the way through the final show at his hometown in Fayetteville North Carolina um, and as far as the first four episodes, the ones he dropped online, you know, they're real interesting because you got to see insight into, um, his crew, all the people that are, you know, responsible and in charge of like making all the behind the scenes work for J. Cole. Like I've been to maybe one, two, I've been to like two J. Cole, three J. Cole shows, um, including the Forest Hills Drive Tour and, you know, you show up at these venues and everything's set up and you sit in your seat and you wait for stuff to happen and people to come out. But you don't understand everything that goes on behind the scenes and, you know, leading up to that. And I think this documentary did a good job of showing that. Did you watch the first few videos? Yeah, I watched the first few episodes. And you know what I did, strangely enough, as uh, and I would recommend other people to do it too. Uh, you guys know he had the audio credits at the end of his <laughs> album. 14 yeah, minute credits. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I actually listened to, after I saw the first episode, I actually listened to that song again and paid attention. I'm like, 
Oh, that's who he was talking to. Right. Oh, that's who he was talking to. Oh, that's who he was talking about. And he just put a face to a name because once you see the episodes, it's like, man, like they're a huge family. And you yeah. kind of assume that's what it is, but I feel like, man, like I feel like J. Cole is so relatable. Mm-hmm. He's such a human being. You know, he he's wearing clothes that we would wear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like he performs around. in like sweatpants. And you know, like, who wouldn't like want to do that? You yeah. Know, he doesn't, he's one of those artists. And uh, it's still it's a lot more out there like Kendrick, you know, he basically wear like white tees, black tees, <laughs> right, you right. know, button down. But uh those artists that really don't dress up now, it could be like three hundred dollar white tees. Right, right. He could <laughs> but, be rocking the Kanye two hundred and eighty dollar white tee. <laughs> right, right. At the but, same time all we see is a white tee. All we know? see is the white tee. You feel me? So uh I, just seeing this, I mean, I I thought that I may I was like, man, I was kinda nervous about seeing I was like, man, what if I don't like him the same like <laughs> But honestly, what he raps about and, and what he talks about on camera uh, is the same thing. You know, is what he does when they we walk around. You know, we talking to fans and everything's cool. But just like any artist, they serious about their music. And mm-hmm. uh, he reached back, man. I, I don't, I can't stress how important that is for me for you to be human and uh, know where you came from and get. Yeah, back. man. He's he's real genuine, and um. You know, you can tell from watching these videos that he cares about every aspect mm-hmm. of his craft. Like, yeah. as far as, like, the lights on the, sh- like, set during his shows, you know, when the music is going to come in, how they're going to do it, you know, um, the Dollar and a Dream tour. He was, uh, like, he, he cares, like, every single thing. And so, you know, it was cool to watch these videos. Unfortunately, since the special aired the first four videos were only available online until the special aired so you can't really see them anymore until he drops the dvd but best believe i'm gonna buy that dvd and i'm I'm assuming it'll be the four videos plus the like hour and a half hbo special that he had which was dope um it basically was just like the videos um it showed the concert that he had at fayetteville north carolina and they talked about in the in the the special like the final film how you know they don't really at the the coliseum in uh north carolina in fayetteville they don't really get big artists Mm -hmm. like they get like hockey and like you know (laughs) stuff like that um they said i think they said the last black person they had to come there was like tyler perry so you know and they usually have to when j cole has concerts they got to go to atlanta or they got to drive to charlotte which is like four or two hours away so it's not that really accessible but you know he brought he brought it back home um gave them a show sold it out brought out drake jay-z like it was it was a dope it was a dope film i urge if everybody if you got hbo or even if you don't have hbo and you just want to jump on that free trial at hbo now which for i think it's $15 $15 a month you get like HBO if you want to jump on that free trial for a month just to watch the J. Cole special I think that's a great idea and then make sure you unsubscribe you right. know what I mean? don't forget to um, unsubscribe right and I got you um, I'm going to give you the HBO login that I got so you can watch right, it you know, you. I, I, I hooked you. the fam up I hooked got the fam you, up man, you know, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah um, if you got HBO um, definitely check out the special look out for the DVD that's coming J. Cole 
you know, it's it's great how far he's come and how, you know, he got Fayetteville on the map. They was on HBO. That's, like, on unreal. The map. And like, I, huh? I can't even imagine how he feels. Like, that was probably a dream come true yeah. for him. So, shout out to the man, J. Cole. He's holding it down. Shout out to J. Cole. You will hear this one day. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. I'm a, I'm a, I might have to treat you like you did Jay-Z and, like, show up and be like, yo, listen to my podcast, dude. <laughs> right, right. I'm tight, man. I'm tight. <laughs> Promise. <laughs> um so next, um, this is the Kanye episode. Um, so it's only right that we give this big Kanye news. But Kanye West has announced the release date of his album, his highly anticipated album, Swish. Um, it will be released, as far as we know, February 11th of this year. So that's about a month from now. Um, also... Kanye is bringing back Good Fridays. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if it's going to be called Good Fridays, but, I mean, he's basically releasing new music every Friday. Um, so, you know, we're going to jump with the Good Fridays thing. He did this back in 2010 yeah. before he released My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about that later because this is the Kanye episode and we're going to get into all of Kanye's albums in the final segment. But, you know, it was great promotion. We were getting new music from an artist we cared about every week on the dot. Like, people were... I remember being in um, being in college every Friday just, like, checking my computer, like, refresh, yo, is that new Kanye drop? Like, Man. and he, you know, he had so many collaborations. Like, yeah. Good Friday was what's up. Um, so he released the first one, which was Facts, last week. Real Friends dropped this past week. So two days from now, we're going to get some more new Kanye music. So hopefully that's dope. And hopefully um, hopefully he doesn't do like he did with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy where, you know, he released these Good Friday tracks and then like seven out of like 12 of the songs on the album were from Good Friday. Like we had already heard them. Unfortunately. Yeah. And I mean, hearing them all together was better because it's such a cohesive album. But it was like, yo... I've heard most of it. Like, I, I thought these were throwaway tracks. Like, you know? you're supposed to throw them away to yeah. us, you know? Um, but I, I think we'll be fine. Kanye, I think this album is going to be... People People get into this this habit, and I should say this for the last second, but I'm going to get it out. You know, people get into this habit of, like, Kanye drops an amazing album, then he goes away for a little bit, and then in that time period, people start to doubt him. And it's just like, yo, I don't know if... I don't know if Kanye's got it anymore. I don't yeah. know if he can do it. And then he drops another great album. Like, when are we just going to, you know, resign ourselves to trust Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> like, he knows Jesus what he's doing, trust, and he has not failed us on an album yet, and I stand by that. Like, every album is progressive and great, so we just need to trust that he knows what he's doing. He's a musical genius. He's going to give us great music. Like, that's just how it and, is. And honestly, when it comes to Kanye, and we talking about music, stick to the music, honestly. Because when people, when you say something about Kanye, and you start talking about Kim or what he did on this award. <laughs> yeah, so I, was, I don't yeah, care. We, we ain't even got to get that, it. Once he gets in the booth, to me, that's a totally different Kanye, you know? Right, and that's why, um... That's why I have so many Kanye episodes. So this is the first Kanye episode, but there's so many layers to Kanye that I couldn't cover everything that needs to be covered in one episode. So that's why this this episode is Kanye the musician. We're going to talk about, you know, all of Kanye's releases and what they meant and all of that. 
Um, and then there's going to be another episode in the future where it might just be Kanye the person. Like, we talk mm-hmm. about Kanye's personality and all the things and controversies he's been in. Then I might have to do an episode of Kanye the fashion, like, talk about his, you know, fashion. Because that is, it has influenced hip-hop and has been influenced a lot by hip-hop. So I think that's important to talk about. Like, Kanye's layered. And so, you know, this is the first of many Kanye episodes, so we can really dissect the person that is Kanye West. And by and by the way, shout out to Adidas. You know, hey. I I love Adidas since day one. You know, he really has. Since like he, school, he put me on to Adidas. I got the watch, chis, plural. <laughs> I got the cologne, okay? I didn't even know Adidas made cologne. Yeah, they make cologne. They make watches. You know, Dang. I got the socks, the shoes, and flip-flops. That's high school. I'm beyond there. You know what I mean? I've been you were day up. one. You were day hey, one. Day one, man. I'm on. A, I don't know if I can afford the Kanye yet, but hey. shout out to Adidas for taking a chance on him, man. I heard he was getting a lot of rejections. People yeah. selling them short, and he yeah. wanted his money. He wanted to be appreciated. Respect the man, art, man. Another person, straight art, right there. Yeah, man. yeah, art, talented young individual. Yeah. So there you go, February 11th, Swish by Kanye West being released. It's going to be amazing. You should look out for it. Um, real quick, I wanted to talk about Kendrick Lamar. Uh, so Austin City Limits is a festival that's hap- that happened um, in Austin, Texas. And basically Kendrick had a set there. Um, and he performed most of To Pimp a Butterfly, um most and also a lot of songs from Good Kid Mad City. Um and there's a couple videos on the blog, I'll put the links in the description, um, of his performances at this. He performed Hood Politics, Wesley's Theory. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones on the blog. Did you watch those videos? Oh yeah, man. What'd you what you think about his performances? Uh I, I it's Kendrick one of those cats, like what can he do wrong, honestly? For real? In performing. Um I must say, <laughs> and I feel kind of guilty. I think we talked about this before. I am an explicit person type of guy, like virgin type of guy. Yeah. So it always takes me back on when he says like trunk and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, know? man, he was he was tripping with his he, uh, clean virgin. He censored <laughs> he censored the entire performance, yeah, and I think it's it might have been because PBS was broadcasting it. So he was like, "Yo, it could be some random six year old that's just got their TV on PBS I, I, and they're not trying it. to hear me out here talking about all my life I had to fight, nigga." <laughs> right, right, right. Like, just he probably, crazy. yeah, he probably was trying to die that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that's the thing, you know. Um, um, he's a good performer, though, man. Uh, great stage presence. I mean, what can you say? He gets the crowd in it. Me personally, I, I, I'm not the one to go to a concert. I'm more of a looking at the concert online, listening to his music, you know. But when I when I watch performances, uh, same thing as other artists. I really like to see how they do. It's a it's a huge difference. Uh, he had the track playing in the background, so they knew you knew the words and everything. But basically, if you're there, you know the words. But that that man, he he he's a good performer to me, man. I didn't see anything wrong. I'm getting used to the cornrows, the braids. So <laughs> right, uh, right. it's growing, right? And it's growing on me. Uh, yeah, right, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh, I can't I can't say anything wrong about it, man. Honestly, he did what he, he did his thing. I love I love the album, honestly. The Pimple Butterfly. That's my. That was, honestly, uh, last spring I want to say when it came out. I literally listened to it every day, straight mm-hmm. through. Uh, Kendrick, you gotta listen to this stuff straight through. 
once again, that's one of those people you just have to. And, uh, man, I just, I love it, man. I can't say anything wrong about Kendrick right now. Yeah, and um, the performance was pretty cool. Um, I watched it uh, the other, well, I DVR'd it because if you want to, you can actually, let's see, today's the 13th. On Friday at 8 p.m. Central Time, set your DVRs if you're not going to be home. Um, they're airing uh, the entire performance on WYCC, which I think is a part of like PBS or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Just like search your DVR for Austin City Limits or WYCC. But at 8 p.m. Central this Friday, they're airing the whole Kendrick set. Um, it's definitely worth... Worth the. I mean, it's completely censored, but it's kind of fun watching him. <laughs> like, tr- like, like he clearly practiced. Yeah, yeah. Like to, putting other words in place of all the curse words, but yeah. um, dope yeah. performance. I think the crowd could have been a little more into it. I mean, it was, it was Austin, Texas. So I mean, <laughs> not necessarily the best demographic for his music, but you know they yeah. were feeling it not it as much as they could have. But, wasn't really multicultural, right? When right. I looked at it, and um, right. when I don't hear the crowd, I do try to take like maybe it's where they are, the speakers or mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah, it wasn't. It didn't. They knew the words. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think they were in it. But I feel like if he was. If he was anywhere else, I feel like I mean Austin, Texas is pretty much you know Austin, Texas. Right. So, um, yeah, it could have been a little bit. I I I did catch that, but yeah, it was it was cool. I, I liked it, man. It was it was dope. Yeah. Um. So yeah, check that out. Um. I'll put links in the descriptions for the videos. Also, um, Kendrick was on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and he performed a new song, which was out of this world. He's done this before, man. before the Colbert report or the Colbert show whatever it's called went off the air um Kendrick was the last musical guest on the show went on performed an untitled track that was dope and so now he was on the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon and he performed untitled 2 and it's it's fantastic it's just him rapping nonstop. he's got his band behind him they're doing all these nice jazzy you know, like interpolations and stuff like behind them. It's it's great instrumentation. It's a great song. Um, Kendrick killed it. That link will be in the description. Definitely check that out. Yeah, he always has a, a jazz feel. He definitely know his roots. Uh, oh yeah. When he oh, when yeah. he has his his samples and always got some. Expect the horns when you listen to him. Oh, he yeah. gonna have them going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That man, he got it though. I can't. It's it's very little I could say wrong about about Kendrick. Let's exactly. Just be real. If you have something, let me know. I don't know. <laughs> he, he got bars, so. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Check out the Kendrick videos in the description. Um, lastly, Coachella is coming in April. Governor's Ball is hit in New York in June. Um, Kanye, uh, Vic Mensa, Mac Miller, Joey Badass, Vince Staples is going to be at Governor's Ball. Coachella... You know, seems a little weak this year. Like, I don't really care about many of these people. Like, their main headliners is LCD Sound System, Guns N' Roses, and Calvin Harris. And I know there are lots of people out there who probably care about those people, but I could go without seeing any of them. Um, So, hip-hop-wise and R&B-wise, Coachella doesn't seem to be the big move this year. Um, Governor's Ball is going to be off the chain, though. So, lineups and... Um, ticket information is on the blog. I'll put the links in the description. 
So that wraps up the Press Play segment this week. After a short break, we're going to come right back with the Dig Deeper segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. Once again, I got the homie Joe here. What's up? And we're going to get into the Dig Deeper segment. So the topic this week is Kanye West, the musician. Now, like I said, this is the first of many Kanye episodes. But in this one, we're strictly just going to talk about the music. Forget his personality. Forget his fashion stuff. Forget him being married to Kim Kardashian. Throw throw all of that out the window. Um, We're going to act like that doesn't exist we're talking strictly about his music and i know in some situations a lot of that you know um is wrapped up in the other stuff but you know we're we're going straight music so you know of course you know kanye west came into the game as a producer um really you know wanted to be a rapper but nobody really gave him a chance he ended up getting signed by rockefeller records um and then he dropped his debut album, and once he got his chance as a rapper, he never looked back. Um, So Kanye West is from Chicago, which we both are from. Um, So, of course, we're we're big on Kanye West. As you see, we both have him in our top five. So um, let's let's get it started. His first album, The College Dropout, came out in 2003, I believe. Um, 2004. It was February 2004. Um, easily my favorite album. I have to say the same. I have to say Yeah, I know a lot of people put My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy up there, but none of Kanye's albums speak to me as much as The College Dropout does. Man. Like, it really saw a departure from the popular music back then, which was, like, the gangster music. Like, you had all of these, like, thug rappers, like, out here, like, real gangsters. Some of them fake gangsters perpetrating. <laughs> but, you know, music was, like, real hardcore and street. Um, and Kanye came out with this introspective music, relatable lyrics over these soul-sampled hip-hop beats. Um... And it was interesting, like, because gang, mu- gang music and gangster rap was so popular, like, he couldn't, he was trying to get a record deal, but because gangster rap was popular, record labels were looking at Kanye like, yo, you're not, you're not thug enough for this, you're not <laughs> gangster enough for this. Um, but eventually Rockefeller gave him a chance, and he dropped The College Dropout, which is his best-selling album. Um, what are some thoughts you have about The College, college Dropout? College Dropout. Like, honestly, I feel like... This one was the hardest to even pick out my favorite song. Yeah. Honestly, um, the way it flowed, uh, the intros, was that, that was Bernie Mac. Was that Bernie Mac? It was D-Ray Davis pretending to be Bernie Mac. See, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, that. yeah, that's a common thing. A lot of people didn't know that. They thought that he just had Bernie Mac on there. Yeah. But it was actually D-Ray Davis, See, like, w- pretending to be Bernie, which is pretty hilarious. hilarious. See, keep learning, like, honestly, <laughs> but... But man, college dropout was just hilarious. With it was, it was funny. It was deep. He he, uh, you know, he had the slow jam in there, um, and he just did it, man. He, I I just 
I can't do it without naming some tracks. Like it was, it was a few tracks that I was just like, yo, I gotta listen to that again. Like, I gotta <laughs> listen to that again. Like, uh, man, it's he kicked it off with "We Don't Care." I was just like, oh man. Then you know when he's talking about the skits with the degrees, those are hilarious. yeah. His skits were pretty hilarious, and he he kept that up only through like the first two albums. But yeah, the skits on this one were of this dude named Jimmy, who, you know. <laughs> Degrees, uh, man. It was, it was all about the degrees, man. <laughs> that was he got too. his degrees <laughs> stolen, man. You know, he's he's crazy, man. Oh, they're, they're hilarious. Um, you know, this album features some of the best soul sampling I've like man. ever heard. Kanye can take a soul song, flip it, and turn it into something new, better than anybody. Like he took "A House Is Not a Home" by Luther Vandross, flipped it into slow jams. "Through Come the Fire" on, by Shaka Khan, flipped it into. Um, through the wire, come on, now. distant lover by Marvin Gaye flipped it into spaceship. Like he, come on, he's I, one of the best producers out there. Honestly, easily. like these is one of this was like, um, you know, this was like the first album where me and my brother was like, yo, my parents have to listen to this. Like, yeah, it sampled so much stuff that they knew. Yeah, and I was just like, yo, like this is real rap right here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and like, he's he's real flexible and versatile like that, where anybody can listen to his music and be like, oh, okay, man, I like this and dude. It's like, not he's got like, something for everybody. And you can see past the, the the curse words and listen to what the real message was, because that's a problem with some adults. You know, they 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 True. hear a curse word and they True. just shut down or. You know, but literally, he was spitting some real stuff. Like, I, I was relating to, um, shoot, spaceship, because I wore graveyard ships all through college. Right, you, know? Right. So, you know, you really, I didn't steal anything, you know, in case my bosses <laughs> made this. But, like, but, uh, I just, like, man, like, it, those songs, Workout Plan did, like, that was everybody's song around that time. Mm-hmm. Jesus Walks, that was even on the gospel radio. It was on both. Like, and that's the, the thing. He, he like, switched up on us, you know what I mean? You know, you know, lyrically, you know, he was bringing a lot to the table. He had songs about drugs in the community, religion, racism, poverty, yeah. materialism. Like, it was an extremely relatable album. Kanye once said that, you know, he just wanted you to think about everything that you went through in a week, in a regular week, and he's got a song about it on his album. All like, falls down, man. Yeah, man. It's a versatile project. You know, he had the hood dudes and the gang members. They could mess with it because, you know, he's got these these dope beats and, you know, he's rapping hard. And then the socially conscious people could eat as well. Like, they could man. also get something from it. Yeah. Um, and just think about the features he had on his debut album. Let, oh, me, let me just give you some of these. <laughs> Jay-Z, Talib Kweli, Common, Jamie Foxx, Twista, Most Def. That's to name a few. He what? had a lot more. Most people struggle to get one of those dudes on their album. On his debut album, he had all of them. Like he, you mind know, you, this is '04. Right. So these people were in their prime. Like yep. these people were yep. still pulling out their own albums, and they yep. took a chance on this man on his first album, man. Mm-hmm. And by the way, just a shout out. Through the Wire was my theme song when I had braces. Didn't nobody <laughs> tell me anything. Next Can't one. tell you nothing. Can't tell me nothing. <laughs> we'll get to that. Right. One. We'll get to that one. <laughs> Just you wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, College Dropout um, was Kanye's you know entrance into the game uh, as a rapper. He blew it out the park. It's easily one of, I, I would say it is my favorite album of all time, Man. easily. 
Um, and especially because when it came out, I was 13, you know, it was something that I could, you know, kind of relate to. This was a guy that, you know, he wasn't really rapping about like the streets and stuff, which is something I wasn't into. I'm from Mm -hmm. Chicago, but I stayed out of trouble. Um, and you know, he was rapping about stuff that everybody relate to, like everyday problems that the black person knows about. Mm -hmm. So I respect that a lot. And that's, you know. It's that is one of the reasons why Kanye is always going to be like up there for me because, you know, he was here for us, you know, like especially back then. He was for the people. Um, Favorite song from College Dropout? One song. If you had to pick one, what would it be? This was my hardest thing. I know, man. Uh, It was tough for me. This is about to be. Man. uh, (laughs) I I really like. uh, You got to pick one. I really like Get Em High. Okay. I really like that okay. one always get me like turned. That one yeah. always get me going, man. Fun fact, um <laughs> I was going to make that the the instrumental to that was gonna be the theme song oh, to this really? podcast. <laughs> not like the podcast in general, not just this episode, okay. but I realized I might run into some uh some issues um sample wise if this ever got super big I'm probably not going to be allowed to have that it's like my so I was like you know what let me just get my own track um, and do that but yeah Get Em High was it was up there my favorite track easily Spaceship man oh man man that man (laughs) man I know every word to that song that is that is my jam man Man, that goes in this album honestly that was difficult I I, and I was telling Amar, like, every other song was, like, my favorite song, literally, for at one point in time in my life, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, just one of those albums that never ages. It, it just... Absolutely. It, it won't you listen age. to it. I, 20 years from now, I could probably put the college dropout when I've got kids, got kids, and right. be like, yo, you want to know, you, you think Kanye West is this old dude who, you know, is putting out this music that you don't care about. But let me, I'm going to sound like my uncles now. Be right. Like, back in my day, <laughs> right. let, let me let me put this college dropout CD in. They're like, CD? What's that? It's like, yo, you don't even know. <laughs> this is how we roll back in the day. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, that's the college dropout, Kanye's yeah. first album. Whew. Second album, Late Registration, Man, came out a year later. Um now, interestingly enough, Kanye teamed up with this dude named John Bryan. He was a composer and a producer who did film scores for movies like Magnolia, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, that movie with Jim Carrey, and more. And so Kanye wanted to, you know, do something on a, a bigger scale. Um, and this thing about Kanye, he's influenced by the things that he witnesses. So he saw Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind, really liked the film score. He was influenced by that. And, you know, he was like, let me do something about that with my music. So that's why production-wise, late registration seemed larger in scale. There were, like, so many strings. You know, the production was expanded beyond soul samples, even though the soul samples were still there. You know, he hired a string orchestra, um, and that paired with like the the drum beats, the boom bap hard hitting drum beats created a great like synergy for an album. Um, a lot of jazz, blues, R and B influences. Um, it's a production wise. I w- I might have to give. That's tough. 
but I feel like as far as the production goes, I might have to give late registration the best. As far as production, Ooh. not yeah, like the yeah. best album, but the best produced album. I don't know, man. I gotta. I think I might have to get a late registration. But what what you got on late registration? Man, late registration was cool for me too. I I it was hard for me to take it above college dropout. Yeah, man, it's, it's tough. After me. such a great debut, it's like, <laughs> man. man, can you top this at all? But man, I don't think anybody man. questioned, like, is he still great at this point? Nobody really questioned him at the late version. At least I don't think, looking back, I think people really... He came out with uh, the single, Touch the Sky, right? Yeah, uh, he, yeah. And uh, Gold Digger, wasn't mm-hmm. that? And uh, it was one more, I feel like. No, I think those are the two that he... he the main singles? Yeah, and, and that one. So we and were Diamonds. Like, Diamonds oh, was right. one of the big singles. And so we were like, man, this album's going to be good. All those were, were pretty good to me. Um, late Registration was 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 my jam, but uh, Touch the Sky was like... <laughs> that one did it for me, man. Yeah, man, and he, he had early Lupe fiasco on that one. Like, that man. was Lupe with the fade, man. Like, babyface Lupe. Man. And Lupe dropped a dope verse. And like, then the, the music video... Oh, yeah. Which was cold. Was too. that the one with the like he was like some like Evil daredevil? Kaneeva. Like yeah. Evil Kaneeva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was, like, that was crazy. And man. I just saw that that's just the last time I saw that um that music video was probably like uh last summer, this past summer. And I was walking past the TV and I saw it, I was just like, Whoa, like, let me sit down. Like I yeah, caught man. it at the beginning, you know, yeah. like his music just, videos have always been on point. Actually, I might have to do a, another... See, that's another extension of Kanye. <laughs> I'm going to have to do a podcast where we just talk about and rate like Kanye music videos. See, the ideas like, keep flowing, y'all. Keep... We got so much information for y'all coming. You just you just watch out. Hey, episode <laughs> um, 182. Hey, episode 192. <laughs> right. Oh, that's so far in the future, man. I hope I'm, I hope I'm like super big at that point. All right. <laughs> um... Yeah, West delivered two classic albums in a row. At this point, everybody, there's no doubt that he was more than a producer. Like, he came and he was, he became one of, like, easily, like, one of the best rappers out between those two albums. Right, right then and there. Yeah, again, the features on this album, he had Lupe Fiasco, Jamie Foxx, Adam Levine from Maroon 5, Man. Nas, Jay-Z, Brandy. And a lot more. Like, think about that. Jay-Z was so big at that time. Like, this was 2005. So, I think he had just released maybe the Black Album or something like that. So, Jay-Z was huge at this point. And Kanye had him on, I believe, he was on Graduation, too. So, he had Jay-Z on his first three albums. And then he had all these other people. Feature-wise, he was killing it. Um, Lyrically, he's talking about stuff like poverty healthcare, drugs, and, like, crack and how they affect the community. Um, the skits on this one were dope, too. This mm-hmm. is when he had the Broke Five Broke yeah. fraternity. Um, we ain't got it. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, he had the same aim in this album. It was still very relatable. He was talking about stuff that was key to the black community and central to the struggles that everybody was going through. Um, there were songs where he showed his emotion on songs like roses where he talked about mm. um how his grandma was dying and how the healthcare system was kind of messed up 
He talked about Hey Mama. He was like showing his appreciation to his mom. Man, if that wasn't your ringtone, y'all know when y'all put your phone to the radio for your ringtones. If that wasn't your mom ringtone, something wrong with you at that. Absolutely, because that was that was it for a while. Mm-hmm. With the static and all, it was yep. it <laughs> every time. And then there was um, if you think about Gone, which is one of the last songs on the album, the orchestral arrangement and like how his voice. You know, in the string orchestra that he hired, the way they were like interwoven and the way they played off of each other, it was absolutely fantastic. Man, yay at his best. Like that, the production on that with the strings and, you know, the keys in the back, like, yay was a beast. And um, late registration was just another example of how he was killing the game. Um, favorite song? Whoo. Hey, um, like I said, uh, touch the sky and heard him say, "Gotta pick one." I gotta go. I heard him say, "I gotta go." I heard him say, "Um, that one just man, that motivational stuff that be getting me, man." I just, I got my mu- Like when I say I listen to my music all the time, sometimes you need that that one or two songs to push you through. And by them being, like, back-to-back, I think they complimented each other a lot mm-hmm. uh, in the album. But that's the one for me. That's the, I, I really can't explain much more after that. It's yeah. just, like, it's for me, it's self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. And so, man, that, that, you know, I was about to start singing it. <laughs> it's just I got like, you, I got you. Let me just, like, you know, um, that's for the next episode. Right, right. <laughs> um, my favorite... We Major with Nas. Yeah. Bro. Man, it's... I don't even know what more I can say. Like, <laughs> Nas, one of the greatest with... Uh, also, Really Doze in that song. With Ye, like, the way they played off each other. And the song is so big. Like, it's it's a production. Um, it's just so... It's it's great. Like, it was, it's one of my favorite songs off that album. If... And we talked about this, how... All of Ye albums that he's made, all of the albums he's made, you know, you kind of have to, you can just jump in at one song and listen to it, but you get the best experience if you listen straight through every single album that he's made. Um, But if I had to choose one that was like late registration, pick one song, you can listen to it. It would be We Major. Um, So let's jump into his third album, Graduation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, came out in, on September 11th in 2007. Um, interesting thing about this, a lot of people forget about this, but Ye and 50 Cent had oh they had a um a bet, right? they had a bet even though they didn't really follow through on it, but they bet each other that they would sell the most albums in a week, and the bet was if you lost you had to retire. <laughs> um, so it was 50 Cent's album Curtis, and then Kanye West album Graduation. And it wasn't even close. Curtis sold six hundred and ninety-one thousand the first week. Uh, graduation sold nine hundred and fifty-seven thousand. <laughs> um, of course, Fifty Cent didn't retire, but you know this was big for hip hop. Like Man. these were two, you know, crazy selling albums in two thousand seven, and everybody took it as a win for hip hop in the genre. And it also proved that gangster rap was no longer the dominant force in mainstream music. Um, and it's a different sounding album. Um, there's electronic music all over this album. Kanye sampled a lot of more obscure songs and genres. Like, just for example, 
Um, some of the samples on there are Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger by Daft Punk. He sampled Kid Charlemagne by Steely Dan. Pretty Young Thing by Michael Jackson. Um, you know, he sampled Bittersweet by Chairman of the Board. Like, it's no longer just soul samples. Like, he's taking influences from here, from here, from here, and he's putting it all together. Another thing that a lot of people didn't know about this is Kanye, um, he was influenced a lot by U2, the band. Um, and he would, like, go to U2 concerts. He was like, you know, I want to make an album that, you know, has these anthem songs that I can play in large stadiums like U2 has. Um, and, you know, this stadium status type thing is what he was trying to go for. And I think he accomplished that on graduation. He simplified his rhymes a little bit so audiences could get into it and they wouldn't get lost in all his complex raps like what he did on late registration and college dropout. Um, he was inspired by a lot of rock groups, um, it only had one rap feature. It was a shorter album. Um, you know, he had a lot of like featured people on like hooks, like T Pain on Good Life, Most Def on Drunken Hot Girls, uh, Dwelle on Flashing Lights. But as far as the rap features, Lil Wayne was the only rap feature on Barry Bonds. Um, so yeah, um, what you got about graduation? What are your thoughts? You know what? You just brought up an interesting point. Uh, I didn't know about that with the U two, and mm-hmm. I think if that was what he was going for, that's exactly what he did. Because I've heard all of these songs, like like if I'll be at a Bulls game or yeah, at like a anything like a high school game, and you hear these songs, you know, you you hear Champion, Stronger. <laughs> can't tell me nothing. Good life. Good life. That's flashing lights. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you homecoming when they had the homecoming series on the ESPN, they yep. used that song. I'm like, honestly, they just he went crazy with this album. And that just brought like my eyes got big. I'm like, man, like if he wanted these songs to be played, and this is what really um what I was gonna say before you said that, I thought this album put him more in the not pop scene, but made other, you know. Yeah, you you can say you can say pop in 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 the not negative way that we usually refer yeah. to pop in that like, you know, more mainstream. Right, that's like, what I was going for. Like, like more like radio friendly yes. Kanye. Yes. yes. Um, and where other people, other than just black people, can listen to and actually yeah. sing without. Being iffy if they yeah. can't sing it, you and know. And I what think I mean? and I think stronger is the best representation of that. Oh, in yeah, that, that was huge. Daft Punk by itself is a huge they're a huge group and like everybody likes Daft Punk. And he took one of their most recognizable songs in Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, and sampled that for his song Stronger. So you put that out and that might have been the leading single. Let me see. It was the second leading, second single. So you put that out, and it's instantly recognizable um, for people. And it's a dope song. Like you know, he really, he really took it to another level. He really did. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Like this album, like uh, all these songs you heard. Once the album came out, you heard it everywhere. Like mm-hmm. it was hard to ignore Kanye at this point. Yep. Especially once he started getting over to other 
other households, other yep. TVs. This is when uh, his songs start being commercials now. Yeah, yeah. The instrumentals were everywhere, honestly. And like, can't tell, like, well, we'll get to can't tell you nothing. But like, um, <laughs> as far as the cover art, um, you know, this yeah. is when he really started like, like reaching out to like artists and getting them to come and work on his cover arts. Like he got the Japanese contemporary artist Takashi Murakami mm. to oversee the art of graduation. If you look at the art the artwork of graduation like it itself is like a piece of art like there's so much to see in it like i look at it and i look at it as if i was like in a museum and it's just like look at everything that there is he kept the you know the bear theme but it was like animated like it's it was dope like kanye really did it on this album um it's an inspirational album it's like lyrically just like can't tell me nothing like talking about like yo forget all the haters like you can't tell me nothing i'm gonna do what i want to do um you know everything i am where he got dj Premier to scratch on it the glory homecoming which was an ode to chicago mm-hmm. big brother which was an ode to jay-z yeah. like good life champion like it was an inspirational album yeah. and I think, like, after realizing that that's what Kanye was going for, is to get, you know, these anthem-type large stadium songs that simplifying his rhymes and then also the topics and the content he chose to rap about matched up with that very well. And I think he definitely accomplished what he set out for. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Everything on this album, I think I just got a new appreciation for this album after this segment, honestly. Because, like, I was just... <laughs> Like man, like I I really like this song, and uh, just to say, like he made you know the raps a little bit more simpler. You can uh, remember the rhymes a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The melodies of it. Uh, Good morning was my uh, mm. my alarm every morning. Me too, man. <laughs> like I will wake up every day like doom, 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 doom. right. Doom. Good morning, yeah. like all the time. <laughs> you know, like just go. Hey, hey it just wake you up in the best mood, man. The best mood. So I mean. He Kanye, you know, he was still up there. I think this is when he's starting to round the corner and saying like he was yeah, like man. the best. Yeah. Like and it was like nobody was really arguing with him. I think if if, if he presented it any differently, mm-hmm. people would be like, Oh yeah, he's the best. But you know, I Kanye went about it. He was like, I'm a god. Like, right, I'm a right, beast. Right. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so um he he was to me at this time, after this album. Uh, at this time, though, which is it's, it's weird, at this time, this was my favorite album mm-hmm. when this song when this album came out, and then it like went back to college. Yeah, it, sh- it shifted. <laughs> yeah, like based on the time because um, I really love this album, but I got sick of it because I heard it everywhere. So I was like, <laughs> right, right, ah, right. Dropout, I still love <laughs> and it um, it, it's important to note that for his first three albums, he was critically being recognized too, like critical acclaim for Kanye at this point was off the charts he won Grammys for best rap album for all of his first three albums he didn't get album of the year but you know I've talked about the Grammys it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to win album of the year when you got all these you know non-minorities going against you but that's <laughs> I've already talked about that no need to bring that up no um but yeah he was getting critical acclaim um Ye was real big at this point Actually, um, right now, he is, out of, like, hip-hop artists, and I believe it's hip-hop artists, he has the most Grammy nominations total, and maybe the most wins. Um, I'll have to fact-check that, but, 
Yeah, Ye was Ye was killing it at this point. Three albums in, and he's delivered classic albums. And we'll get to this, but this three album stretch is at the point where after that, some critics will say that you know he you know things started to change a little bit. I believe that all of his albums have been amazing, and we'll talk about the one album that people talk the most about in a second. But favorite song from Graduation. Um, this one's uh, this one was another tricky one for me, but uh, uh, man, which which one? I have to think about which one can I always listen to. Um, it's definitely between uh, Barry Bonds, and it's, I don't think it's because of Lil Wayne. I think that's what some people was like, oh, this because Lil Wayne. But I mean, Lil Wayne was a good feature at the time. Let's, don't yeah, definitely. Like Wayne was Wayne was at the top of his game when Kanye got him on this. Um, but I have to go with it was between that and Can't Tell Me Nothing. Mm-hmm. But I would have to go with Champion. Oh, and uh, okay. it's it's just it was just different for me, especially at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives me in a goofy mood. Yeah, uh, yeah. By singing the yeah, song, yeah. <laughs> I have to like impersonate it and move. Or, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you know, I just put on this fake terrible accent <laughs> and sing the song, right? And just have fun with it. And uh, that's the song I always like. I always listen to at the time. And aside from "Good Morning" by that being my alarm in the morning, right? So. right. But yeah, that's that was my song. That, that was the one that came to me uh, the most, and I sang the most at the time. Okay. Um, for me, it's flashing lights. Um, that's my jam. I know every word to that song. I actually performed it as karaoke um, back in my last year of college. Like we did some karaoke, and I saw flashing lights in there, and I was like, "Bet I don't need the screen. I know every <laughs> I word to this." And I shut it down. Like they was not ready for this dude to just come out and get them the best gay performance they've seen. Um, so yeah, flashing lights for me is easy. That's hilarious. So let's get into the controversial album, 808s and Heartbreak. Now, it's controversial because this album was a major departure from Kanye's previous sound. Mm -hmm. Huge electronic influences, R&B type album. The 808 drum machine um, was huge in this. He used that to get a lot of his um, sound. He used he liked how it like kind of sounded like tribal drums. so that's why it's called 808s and Heartbreak. Um, Autotune was huge. Autotune was huge on this album. It was it's, everything. It was everything. It's basically, <laughs> this album is basically an R&B electronic album of Kanye like singing about some emotional stuff. Singing in autotune about some emotional stuff over some boom bap 808 beats. Now what happened? Um... His mom died, and he broke up with his fiance, who he'd been with for like, I want to say six years at the time. Mm-hmm. So Kanye was going through some emotional stuff, and he stated that, you know, he couldn't get his the emotions that he wanted to get out with rap. He had melodies within him that he needed to get out. So he decided to make this album. Now a lot of people, T Pain recently came out and said that Kanye came to him. And from his rapper turned Sanger album, and Kanye was like, yo, you know, help me teach me about this auto-tune. I want to make, like, a type of album like that. And T-Pain seemed kind of salty about it um, when he said it. But here's my thing on it. It's like, yes, Ye was definitely influenced by T-Pain. We can't say that Ye was the first person to do this mm-hmm. emotional auto-tune type stuff, because T-Pain, that was his whole shtick. That was everything. Right. 
But at the same time, even if Ye did, you know, enlist T Pain to help him with the auto tune and everything, Ye put out a better project. Like Ye took all these influences, and this is what he does in general. He takes the things he's influenced by, and he puts them all together, and he makes a dope project. And that's what he did with 808s and Heartbreak, um, a very minimal project, slow building. It's sad. It's emotional. Like he's really hurt by the death of his mom and losing his girl mm-hmm. and like he puts it all he lays it all on the track the whole heart on the sleeve thing like his heart was in this music you yeah. could hear it all and it's controversial because fans weren't pleased like after giving us three albums like college dropout late registration graduation um people expected an album like his last three and he had also told us about this whole four album series where you got the college dropout then you got late registration. Then you graduate. And then he was like, what do you get after that? You get a good-ass job. And that was supposed <laughs> to be the fourth album. Yep. People were expecting that. They thought it was going to be the same style. You know, he goes through something. He comes out with 808s and Heartbreak yep. instead, which is fine with me. Like, artists are supposed to... We talk about this with Kid Cudi. And Kanye is the main person that this, you know, connects with. It's mm-hmm. like, artists are allowed to try something different. They're artists. We're the fans. We artists shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't dictate what artist, what type of music artists come out with. They're the ones that are giving them a piece of them in their art. So if you know Kanye was going through this and he wants to make this album, let him make it. Who cares if it's not like his previous three? Kanye's a genius, and what he did give us is still, you know, great. You know, something that influenced a lot of the people that are out now, like Drake, Childish Gambino, The Weeknd, like. Yeah. Do you think Drake would even be able to thrive if Kanye hadn't done this? Absolutely not. He so. he laid it on the table. He put it in there so that people in hip-hop could be as emotional as he was. He was a trendsetter, which he is on all of his albums. So um, that that's the controversy behind 808s and Heartbreak. But if you if you take all that away and you just listen to the music... I still think this is an absolutely amazing album. What do you think about 808s and Heartbreak? Uh, 808s and Heartbreak, it gets you in your feelings a little bit. Man, it does. uh, It really does. And it has, I don't think it has, uh, you mentioned Drake, because Drake can get you in your feelings really (laughs) fast, you know, if he wants to. But, uh, but yeah, he, he, this was the first time when I, I think when I first heard it, and uh, what was the song, uh, Love Lockdown? Love Lockdown uh, was the main single in Heartless. Yeah, and, uh, those are the two that I was just like, man, this album about to be sad. Like I saw it. <laughs> when those your two singles at the top, like, man, this one's about to take me there. And, then, and it uh, was you. It was so funny hearing the progression because he released Love Lockdown, and people were like, oh, this is the first single for yeah. a good ass job. Okay, it's interesting. And then he announced like, yo, it's gonna be all auto tune, me singing, and that's when people were like, yo, what, yay? Yeah. But you know, I think people. It wasn't what people were looking for. It wasn't, I can be honest, it wasn't what I was looking for. Right, right. But I think I was like a, what do I want to say, like a sophomore in high school when yeah, I was listening to this? this was 2008, so. Yeah, oh, like freshman. <laughs> Going <laughs> right. go freshman slash sophomore at the time, I was like, man, dude, like this, uh. This album is kind of sad. I wasn't really going through nothing like this at the time. You know, everything's all like, mm-hmm. this is, you know, uh, at the time. But uh, later on, trust me, I was like, <laughs> listen to this, like, oh, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, this is crazy. Uh, but yeah, it, I, I, it's one of those albums that I can honestly say uh, I didn't appreciate it initially. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's one of those things where once you can relate to what he's saying, you listen to it again, and you like, man, he really did take it there. And like, yeah. man, this is Kanye. It's definitely I mean? an album that that grows on you. But like, once yeah. you just realize, like, it's it's an amazing album. Like, you know, Heartless people still sing that to this day. Yeah. Um, Say You Will, I think, and Coldest Winter are some of the most emotional tracks on there. And then the last track, Pinocchio Story, is just him. It's a live version of him performing like this freestyle type thing called Pinocchio Story Mm -hmm. um, in Singapore. And it's crazy, man. It's so emotional. And he's just going off and doing this dope freestyle. 808 to Heartbreak is a great album. My favorite track is Streetlights. Um, it's a very simple song, very repetitive, but I think that is what makes it like a really beautiful song. Like it's just him talking about seems like street lights, um, glowing, happen to be just like moments, you know, passing in front of me and, you know, it's just, (laughs) you know, it's, he just repeats that throughout the whole thing. And the song is like real simple production, simple, but I think it being simple made it like a really great song for me. Uh, what's your favorite? Yeah, I, I really like Streetlights too. Uh, I like Paranoid. Mm. I feel like I'm not gonna say any names, but I feel like that kind of that was me at one point. Okay, <laughs> you know, I just got you. that being somebody, you know, me talking to somebody. Uh, but say you will, man. I I cannot get oh, yeah. off that song. Oh, yeah. That's then, a great, great track. At the time, it had, like, uh, everybody was remixing it, too. Drake did a great Drake, remix of it on So Far Gone, man. Did Big Sean remix it? Oh, it was somebody else that remixed uh, that Say You Will. sounds familiar. Yeah, a lot of people were remixing it. Yeah, it was one of those songs where it couldn't get out your head because mm-hmm. everybody was remixing it. Uh, I loved his, I liked his the best. I like I like Kanye's the best. Yeah. But, uh everybody was remixing it. It was still they didn't they didn't do bad, but it's hard to it's hard to compete with him. Yeah, Let's man. just be real. And um, um, you know, the the samples still stayed. There was only a few in this one, but he did sample Sea Line Woman by Nina Simone and Bad News. So, you know, he still he oh, still had the sample news. game on lock. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like I honestly this album was like all the albums, it's so hard choosing your yeah. damn one with Kanye. Yeah. It's not like and and it's because he gives you something different to think about. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It gives you something th- different to He's bringing something else to the table like he didn't before. True. You know, you go in there thinking this is about to be college dropout Kanye. Then he gives you late registration. Yeah, you know, yeah, then you go in there yeah. thinking it's late registration. He gives it's graduation. graduation. Yeah. Then you try to compare it to the other ones, but it's like you can't. It's, it's tough. Yeah. For me, those are the three you, you can compare, like kind of. And uh, But when it came to here, I, it was like once I got to listen to this song and it being Kanye was out of my mind the first time I went through it. I'm like, mm-hmm. right, this is just an artist. I'm just listening to music. It's crazy. And then once you listen to it again, like, this is Kanye? Yeah, you know, yeah like, man. It's just a whole new appreciation for it. And that's what I did, like, a mm-hmm. few years after. Like, probably, like, a year after it came out, I was just like, yeah, man, this is great. So, <laughs> yeah, so that is 808's and Heartbreak, Kanye's fourth album. So let's jump into his fifth album. Now, this is the album that I think most people will say gives the college dropout the most competition for best album. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to get too much into the incident, but you know, most people know about the Kanye West Taylor Swift incident at the VMAs. Um, after that, everybody hated Kanye. Well, a lot of the Taylor people hated Kanye. Like I think 
most of the Kanye fans didn't hate Kanye because Kanye was speaking the truth. I mean, that's a whole other story. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so Kanye took a break after this because he was receiving so much hate and everything. He took a break. Um, like, maybe I'd say like two years until he released this album. But this album is pure art. Pure art. So he went out to Hawaii with a bunch of artists, like dozens of artists, had them flying in and out. He had set up, like he had like rented out a recording studio indefinitely, and he recorded this album. And you can hear in the album, it's a very collaborative effort. And this is when he did Good Friday. So every Friday he was releasing a new song um, up until the album dropped. Um, he gained a lot of, you know, recognition for his creative process in this for this project because you know he had multiple songs being worked on in different rooms of the studio. He was going in and out when he was get locked um, on one song and he couldn't think of anything. He would just go to another room and start working on another song. He had all these artists like collaborating. Like this was a great album and it took elements from all his previous albums um, lyrically. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not as much of the social conscious Kanye. You know, he's rapping about sex and fame and wealth and being insecure and doubt and all of that. And at the same time, it's a very cohesive project. Like from one song to the next, everything flows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, cover art again. He got George Kondo, who was a very um, famous artist, to design like the cover art. It had like four or five different covers. Um, It's his most critically acclaimed album, but it also received a Grammy snub. I talked about this in the Grammy episode. It wasn't nominated for Album of the Year, and it absolutely was Album of the Year. Um, But, you know, each song individually was great by itself, but together he made a classic album. What do you think about uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? This album was, like, hands down. It had all the features I needed at this time. Mm -hmm. Um... I would just go out and say my song on here was this was the most cliche and that was Monster that was like my song on this one it was, okay that's your favorite yeah okay it, it's so cliche but when I heard it at the time it was like oh man I'm hearing this song all the time and I never had a problem with it yeah <laughs> as long as yeah. it was the explicit version <laughs> like, right 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 it's like, kind of right. like it's, it doesn't have this full oh yeah yeah the clean version but it, it's this album, it just had the features that was necessary. Because I feel like with some people, uh, the features can get out of hand sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he did that. I think he... I thought... See, for me, I thought this album was, like, one that he would have fun with. I was like... I mm-hmm. thought this one was, like, fun to do. You know, you have people that, that are, you, that's cool with you. Yeah, of course, you got yeah. Jay-Z in there. Yep. You know, of course, they work extremely oh, man. well together. The features at this point were crazy. Yeah, Raekwon he, from Wu-Tang. Who can really... Kid like, Cudi, Jay-Z, Rick Ross, Nicki Minaj, who was, like, you know, the best at this point. Beyonce. Pusha T, John Legend, Boney Bear, like... Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, Beyonce on the oh, See Me Now remix, geez. yeah, which is on the bonus track. Yeah, he yes. killed it. See Me Now was, was, a, it was probably, like, my second one, because that one just gets me, like, mm-hmm. you know, that's just my song, really. But this is and something... It, you know, Kanye always brings the best out of the people that he collaborates with. Every feature is there for a reason, and they add something to it. 
All of the lights, crazy song. That's an anthem that everybody like sings. The drums are intense, and the hook featured literally like a dozen artists. Like there were like eleven or twelve artists on the hook, (laughs) and it's produced so well that you almost can't even tell how many. Like Elton John was in that song. Like it's crazy. Oh my god. uh, my favorite song would have to be Lost in the World. Mm. Lost in the World is one of the most beautiful songs I've heard in years. He took um, a song called Woods by Bon Iver, and he you know, kind of interpolated and flipped it and then created this like sonically crazy like song. It's just beautiful through and through. Like Lyrically, it's good, um, and musically, it's, it's fantastic. And this was another album where Kanye, you know, at this point, it's it's like, you know, Kanye isn't, he hasn't been as lyrical as he's been in his first three albums. Mm-hmm. And people started to take notice. Like, lyrically, he wasn't, like, blowing it out of the park. Right. But the lyrics that he did gave mixed with how great the instrumentation and how cohesive this entire project was, you know, made it amazing. You know, he made that 35-minute short film for Runaway. Yeah, which, yeah, um, yeah. Runaway is a great song, a song that everybody really listens to. Blame Game is great. Lyrically, it took Ye's storytelling to another level. Um, you know, it's just dope. It's just dope. The power video was like a piece of art in itself. It was like an artwork that was like moving. Like it's Kanye, you know, as an artist, took his game to another level for this album cemented himself I think if he wasn't already before he cemented himself as a legend and one of the greatest artists of all time after this album easily I think this one was uh, for me it gave me a new artist to look for it gave me a Pusha T yeah man um, I really didn't know even much though about him. even though he was out for a long time yeah, ex- part of the clips exactly you know, you know. he was and, um, and that's why I was just like man I was like who is this Pusha T dude and I'm like mm-hmm. oh Man. Definitely the resurgence of uh, his his career after the oh, clips. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. And then um, Nicki Minaj. I mean, arguably the best verse on this album. Yeah, Even man. he said yeah. that. Really, yeah, man. She so she killed she, it, and she killed it among some of the best rappers in the game. On, man. Did you see like, what she was up against? Like, yeah, man. Being the only woman on the track yep. held it down. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it gave me uh, it gave me two artists. I mean, Nicki Minaj at this point, I think she was still mostly underground, not underground. See, underground. This was twenty ten. So yeah, really she wasn't the biggest. She's not as she wasn't as big as she is now. Oh, definitely. of course not. But she probably had like one project where people were just holding mm-hmm. on to, um, and that was a, like the mixtape. Oh, maybe it might have been that like Beam Me Up, Scotty, or something like that, or, yeah. or something, and. Uh, yeah, it gave me somebody else to look forward to and to listen to. That's where I started becoming a Nicki Minaj fan and listening to her stuff. And uh, Pusha T. And Pusha T is up there, one of the artists that I listen to all the time now. I mean, anybody in good music, you know, you really, I really listen to. I, yeah. I started listening to all common songs like within yeah, the last man. few months. And uh, anybody in good music, Big Sean, you know, shout out to them because they do their thing. None of them are weak. You know, and this is one of those albums where I thought, for me listening to it, he had the uh, Kanye had the most fun, and to me by listening to it, just having those features there, and uh, man, nothing was nothing is by mistake. Jeez, everything yeah. is like perfection. Honestly. Yeah, he's he's a perfectionist definitely. So you know that when you get a project, this project passed Kanye's like his standards. Like he was like, I'm okay with putting this out. 
and like or any regular artist probably would have put it out like a month before that and thought it was fine but Kanye he wants to give us the best and you can't hate on that when he wants to give us the best music like he's looking out for us he wants to give us the best version um so yeah my beautiful dark twisted fantasy definitely dope album if I had to rank his albums it's tough for me college dropout is definitely first but it's tough for me because late registration is also I really like that album. So my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and late registration are kind of vying for that second spot at like two and three. But yeah, it's up there. Um, so let's move on to his. We're gonna we're gonna skip Watch the Throne and Cruel Summer because we're right. speaking just strictly solo albums. We'll talk about Watch the Throne another another time. Right. Um, you know, it's out. It's been out many years before this podcast but I definitely think Watch the Throne deserves its own its own segment so we'll get into that another time um his most recent solo album Yeezus Mm. now (laughs) once again Kanye pushes the envelope like he raises the bar and you know he does all this despite having a style that changes every album he's constantly being influenced by all these things and so he takes that and he puts out an album on what he's influenced on what he's influenced by and he you know he's a trendsetter like he's almost before his time and like what he puts out and then it's popular like like a year or so later so he enlisted Rick Rubin to help make this album more minimal like the album is only I believe 10 tracks man but um, it was it was full yeah and like even production wise it's very minimalistic it's influenced by house dance hall and drill it's sonically more experimental than 808s and heartbreaks like he went to the Louvre uh, museum for inspiration lyrically it's raw and very bare Um, lyrically it might be one of Kanye's like worst albums like lyrically as far as like like you know the bars not content oh, okay. not I can, content I can, go, I can go with you on content that. wise I think he's talking about a lot of important things a lot but lyrically like you know it's not revolutionary bars like you know yeah. it's very simple um very electronic drums synthesizers like a lot of a lot of that it's definitely Kanye at his most bold and it's an album that's very calculated everything is done for a reason everything is bolted into place like every every beat every you know melody everything is there for a reason um what you got on Jesus? Jesus was cold to me um i know everybody had a problem and this is what, what was getting me with people who were trying to separate music and the title you know i really didn't get big on the title because i'm like i mean yeah i didn't care about that who he's rolling with he's rolling with jay-z call himself hove like jehovah right so like we, we know he doesn't think deal. he's actually god right you like know. yes he has a song called i am a god <laughs> featuring god like right, right. like what what right. are you doing but <laughs> look what you know kanye is saying that he's the god of this rap this rap stuff like the rap game like we know he's not saying that he's like god but he as far as his music goes you know, he is to this what God is to the world, is yeah. what he's saying. Like, Honestly, he's a God of the music stuff. And I saw an a interview of, because I like seeing, like, decoded stuff. Yeah, yeah. Interviews about it. And I think you guys should check that out. But it's, it's, it's talking about how he, 
why he considers himself a god and and uh, and everything like that. But I won't I won't get into it. But it was it was. Oh, deep. I think that might have I think that might have been his interview with Zane Lowe. I think I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was yeah. just like when he's on the stage, like you do whatever I say. You know, you're yeah. worshiping me. I'm above you guys. You guys are you uh, know saying stuff like that. Yeah. And it wasn't like in a bad way. Right, don't get right. Me wrong, but. After a while, you traveling around the world eighty times, you know, and you always, you know, on that stage. Mm-hmm. He that's what his comparison is, honestly. And yeah. so I didn't. After he said that, you know, um, it put a lot in perspective, and it wasn't. Trust me, it wasn't in a bad way. Right. Even though I don't think I said it right, but it wasn't in a bad way. <laughs> it, was, it was cool though. It was cool. But this album to me, this album was man. It was everything at that. It was I want to say like two years ago. What was it? Yeah, two years ago. It dropped in twenty thirteen. Man, this album was. Man, I I, was, I used to just play this every single day. Uh, this whole album all the way through. I worked and out to it. It's a quick it. quick project. It's like, quick. It's, yeah. it's only forty minutes total. So like I said, very minimalistic. Um, anything that he didn't think needed to be there wasn't in there. Like it was quick to the point. It was brash. It was direct lyrically like you know kind of vulgar like he was he, he was saying whatever he wanted yeah i like um, man it was he started it out how did he on oh, site on site yeah with the, man. uh i thought i saw an interview on that too just how he started it out and it was just man then i just, i mean this album is so short you know every song to me was necessary mm-hmm. um the message that he had behind it was extremely necessary, you know, just for the conscious part mm-hmm. of it. Uh, Blood on the Leaves get me. Uh, the, I, That's the, my favorite song. And, uh, I yeah. Uh, Bound 2 was my favorite song on here. Okay. Bound 2, it, it gave me the old Kanye a little bit. Yeah, the and like... The video kind of threw me off. People talk down <laughs> on Bound 2 after they seen the video. Because the video was never, stupid. I didn't... I don't... I understand. That was stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you just need to listen to the song pretending that the video never happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Bound 2 was important because he ended the song with Bound 2. And it had, like, you know, the soul samples. And it kind of brought you back to the previous Kanye I sound. I was old Kanye. I was And it was like, you know, he can still do this. Yeah. Um... Yeah, like I said, very calculated album. New Slaves, he talks about his frustrations with the fashion industry. Right. Hold My Liquor, lyrically, is not that complex, but it's a great song. Um, it really puts you in another world when you listen to it. Um, and, you, you know, you can just visualize everything he's saying. Um, also, with, with these songs and this album, I really appreciated how he grabbed the people from Chicago. Yeah. And, and he also, I feel like... It, he did more than what we see in the song. I feel like he showed them, you know, guided them a little bit mm-hmm. uh, along the ropes and telling them how. Show, just by them being there, yeah, is everything. You know what I mean? If they were in the same room, but just working with somebody like Kanye, being King Louis, being uh, Chief Keith, mm-hmm. is, is is huge for them because honestly, uh, for the people like that who stick to the drill music, yeah, for them to. To see something else, to see somebody who's on that type of map, I feel like man, I feel like he he showed them something, and you know, of course he used them for what they want to use them, but you know he could have got anybody, he could have did these verses himself. True, and I feel like that's that's one uh, way Kanye did reach back to mm-hmm. where he's from. I really appreciated him for that because they they both didn't even. I think Chief Keith just had the um, the chorus and hold my liquor, yeah, yeah, yeah. then. 
I think King Louis had a verse, but it wasn't yep. anything crazy. You know, I, I I definitely think it went by Kanye a mm-hmm. few times to, yep. to get there. But I just I love how he did that. I love how he did that, and that's that's what brought a lot of people from Chicago back to Kanye. Yeah, you know what I mean, like heavy because and it's, like man, production wise, it's very different. Like he had Daft Punk. Um, Helped produce like a few of the songs. Like on site was helped was produced by Daft Punk and Kanye. Daft Punk helped with Black Skinhead, I Am a God. The first three songs Daft Punk had a hand in. Hand in. Travis Scott had a hand in producing for like New Slaves. Um, he had uh, what should we call it? Yeah, like we said, King Louie on Send It Up. He had Cuddy on Guilt Trip. Charlie Wilson on Bound to. Like, you know, still had the star power, even on this minimalistic album. Production-wise, it's, you know, top of the line. Um, you know, additional vocals by Bon Iver and Frank Ocean on New Slaves. Like, you know, Kanye, he has these thoughts in his head, and people don't think like him. Like we said, he is literally a musical genius. Like, genius. people don't think like him, so, you know, what he decides to put out there is revol- it's revolutionary. So, Yeezus was a great album. Kind of misunderstood in the very short time. Like, it didn't take as long for people to come around on Yeezus as they did for 808's Heartbreak. Um, But it's a great album. And I can easily say that his six solo studio albums have each, in their own right, been amazing for different reasons. And, you know, been some of the best work. Um, so yeah, that's Jesus. You said your favorite song was Bound to. Oh yeah, Bound yeah. To. For Bound me, it's Blood on the Leaves. You know, he sampled Strange Fruit by Nina Man, Simone, and was... tonight, you know, killed it. And when you listen to the the original Strange Fruit and what it's supposed to represent, that was easily my second favorite. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's and it's favorite. crazy because it's a song about him, like you know, taking some Molly with his girl and getting like a, tripping with his girl at a party, and you know, but. You know, the deeper meaning behind Man, like all of the Kanye stuff is crazy. Everything. And yeah. it's just the whole album, it just it put people in their place. Like yeah. like where am I enslaved? You know? <laughs> am I will I become strange fruit? <laughs> if I keep being my slavish way. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, but no, I'm just like it, it, it's just like when he explained, because new slaves, I, I didn't understand it at first, but then once he was talking about how, you know, we're a slave to Adidas or <laughs> anything. Right, just right. Culture, pop culture is just. Yeah. This album was was definitely. Uh, this album was was great to me. And yeah. When I, when I saw interviews on this album, because I was confused after I listened to it, I was like, oh man, I gotta know what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, I just one of those. I was just like, man, I just need to hear him talk about it. Once I saw it, I was just like, yeah, this is it. Yeah. This album's cool. <laughs> and like you know. He's one of the best art, like, and I say artist because he is an artist. One of the best artists out there. You know, the tour, the Yeezus tour, I went to that. Um, the set was crazy. The whole way it was set up. Like, when New Slaves came out, he did this thing where he projected it onto billions, like, all across oh, the country. Right. Uh-huh. And, you know, you put out dates. And if you were able to go see it, you could see him perform New Slaves, like, on the building. It was it's crazy. So Yeezus was a great album, his sixth studio album. Um, honestly, he's six for six. If you ask me, I don't think any of his albums have been a failure. Never fell off. Um, so now we're at Swish. Um, Swish is his seventh studio album, set to be released February 11th. Like we said, um, there's not much out about it. Like he's put out some music, but at this point, 
who knows what music he's put out is actually going to be on the album. Like, he's, um, he released All Day, which was a great song. It made number six on my top 40 for 2015. Weren't you there when he uh, performed it? Performed what? All Day? No, no, that was at like an award show. It was like a Brit award show. What was a you were at a Bulls game? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So I went to <laughs> the playoff, the playoffs last year when the Bulls were facing the Cavaliers. Game four, oh. the fateful game four when LeBron <laughs> hit that fadeaway buzzer beater in the corner. We were up two one. We would have been up three one if we won that game. I digress. We don't need to. <laughs> right. I'm still, I'm still, I still feel some type of way about that game, right. man. But um, at halftime, Ye came out and performed all day, which was dope. Um, and this song was dope. The performance, honestly, watching the performance of him at the Brit Awards, where it was just like a mob of dudes and Black Vic Mensa was up there, man. like a mob of dudes in black. He had to do with a flamethrower, like like. What? Where'd you get a flamethrower? Right now. (laughs) But that made the song so much better to me. I heard it and I was like, oh, this is dope. And then I saw the performance and I was like, this is cold. Um, So that's been released. He released only one on New Year's Eve 2014, which was his song dedicated to his mother and talking about his like new baby, Northwest. But yeah, um, only one was a dope song. Um, All Day is a dope song. And then, you know, the Good Fridays just started up on New Year's Eve 2015. And he released Facts. Now, I don't think Facts is that great of a song. It's a song where he basically took the Jumpman beat by Drake and Future. And he's rapping about how um, the Yeezys jumped over Jumpman. He's doing so much better than Nike and yada, yada, yada. And he takes some shots. Shady was so yeah, a lot of shade, and, you know, I don't think it's true, because, like, okay, sure, the Yeezys are doing very well, yes, um, they're dope shoes, I've, I've tried to get a pair on multiple occasions through the Adidas Confirmed app, which is ridiculous and doesn't work that well, um, but I digress, um, but nothing's jumping over Jumpman, like, Nike and Jordan has been around for so long, Yes, at some point, if you keep it up and you keep making dope shoes and you keep the cost down, you could eventually, like, you know, be doing, like, total, like, numbers like Nike and Jordan. But not there yet. You're having a long. great moment. But, you know. They've been doing this for too long. Right. To so, anything you know, point. the facts song didn't really make sense because it was not facts. Like, it was, like, oh. opinions. So, I didn't, like, I didn't, I didn't understand what it was Remix going for. <laughs> so, so people were kind of like, yo, if this is what we get on Swish, then, yo. You know, the yay doubters. You know, they always come in some form at some point. Then, on the second Good Friday track this year, he released Real Friends, which I think reminds me so much of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy a lot of people are saying you know it reminds them of like take care drake but i mean i can see that but i mean where did drake get his style like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy as far as the production and the way that kanye rapped real friends is just like that so he dropped real friends featuring ty dolla sign and like, like i said about him bringing the best out of his collaborators I I don't really mess with Ty Dolla Sign like that. Like I think he's cool. Um, he's got a, a very interesting voice, kind of like an old man, not old man, but like an old school R and B voice. Um, 
But, you know, I'm not the best fan of his music, but on this song, he comes through. Like, he's dope, and he's the right person for this song. So he dropped that, and then a snippet of another song called No More Parties in L.A., which features Kendrick Lamar. Yes. And it's like, okay, if this is what we're doing, if you we got Real Friends with Ty Dolla Sign, which is like My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Kanye, and now you got a song with Kendrick Lamar, like, mm-hmm. swishes, like... All the Kanye doubt just came around and was like, okay, Swish is going to be dope. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, it was always going to be dope because it's Kanye West. You got to be patient with Kanye. You got to be patient. He's going to put it all together <laughs> for you. You just got to gotta let him work. You feel me? Yeah, man. got to let Yeezus work. Yeah, let, let Yeezus work, man. Let Yeezus hold the, take the wheel. Let, <laughs> yeah. let Yeezus, Yeezus take, take the wheel. wheel. <laughs> yo, just let yo. Take the wheel. That is the new <laughs> name of this episode. <laughs> You heard it here. This episode was going to be called the Kanye episode. It is now Jesus Take the Wheel. Shout out to Joe. Shout out to Joe. <laughs> Gotta let Jesus take yeah, the wheel. Yeah, man. So, Switch is coming out February 11th. We should be getting some new music this Friday. Um, hopefully, it's in line with, like, you know, what we received. You know, Kanye likes to work with the best artists of the time. Um so you know it's good that's it's no surprise to me that he's working with Ty Dolla Sign, Kendrick Lamar. Um you know Chief Keef was big back when um um he and King Louie back when he 13. got them on Yeezus and everything. Mm-hmm. You know he likes to work with you know who's hot now because he wants the best artists to help him make the best music. And so Swish, you think about all the artists that are out right now that are good, you know, everybody wants to work with Kanye. So you know there's no limit. Like, anybody could be on this album. Who's going to so, say no, honestly? Right. Let's go. <laughs> so, Swish is going to be dope. It's coming out in a month. We should be getting new music every Friday up until then. Um, Real Friends and No More Parties in LA and Facts, it's all on the blog. I'll put the link in the description. Um, so, yeah, that's what's up next from Kanye. Um, you know, he's got longevity. This is his seventh studio album and honestly with his mind he could go for like five more like as long as he you know keeps doing what he's doing so um any last thoughts on Jesus <laughs> the person not the yeah, album yeah. <laughs> uh, man Kanye I, like I said you just gotta let him work uh you can't get caught up in the uh singles right now just appreciate them right now and know you'll appreciate them more once they're all together in a project yeah but, yeah, once you real get a cohesive friends, project. Real friends, like, uh, for all the people who have been in college, especially out of state, <laughs> like, that's the one that really, like, man, who do you call when you come home? Yeah. For four days from Thanksgiving break, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's your guys, you go to the church, you go to your cousin, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Family. Yeah, he knows what's up. Like, see, this is what we're talking about, <laughs> relatable a, music. Relatable. You know, he's talking about, like, when you move away or when you go away for a long time. Um, you know, sometimes you forget about some people and, you know, sometimes once you're up, you know, people come to you for like, it's relatable music. Yay is storytelling. He's got, you know, yay still got it and he never lost it really. Um, you know, he doesn't need to go back to people. People are always saying, oh, is this next Kanye album going to be like the college dropout late registration? You can dead that right now. Kanye is progressive. He will never regress. While there may be elements of, like, all of his projects and his future stuff, like, Kanye, as a human, has changed. So he's not going to be making the same music he was making in 2004. This is 2016. Like, 
he's a musical genius. He's going to give us good music no matter what form it's in. And you just got to trust. And like Cousin said, let Jesus take the wheel. Just let him take the wheel. So (laughs) that is all for the Dig Deeper segment this week. Um, Shout out to the Cousin Joe for coming out and blessing me with his presence. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So, yeah, um, you know what it is. Uh, Twitter is TOTB, the podcast. Facebook will be in the description. The blog is hope for F-O-R, hiphop.org. Definitely check that out because there's some stuff that I don't talk about on the podcast. It's on the blog. I'm blogging all the time. You can get a lot of information from the blog and the podcast together. Um, like I said, tell a friend, subscribe, rate, leave a review on iTunes because that's how we're going to keep this thing moving. Um, but yeah, shout out to the cousin. We're definitely gonna have him back. Might have him back for all the Kanye episodes. Oh man, you know you never know Thank what Jesus. happens. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, um, shout out to him for coming through, and I will see you all next week with another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.